Hello and welcome to the Snippets of Leadership podcast. If there is one thing we can probably all be sure about and we can agree on is that 2020 didn't turn out to be the way we wanted it to be. Main reason is COVID, obviously, but it the practical effects of it, whatever plans we had in January or February last year, probably we had to change them in some way or another. I know I have had to. And throughout this year, we saw a bunch of different changes and not just related to COVID. So for the start of this year, what I've wanted to do, also connected with the research I've done for my course, was to take a look at what all these other changes have implied when it comes to the changes that we can expect in leadership. And I want to share with you some of these results. Some of them come from data that I've collected. Some of them come from data for which I've done direct research on. Now, long story short, we know that leadership is changing. It's been changing for a while. And in general, we're shifting more away from a focus on tasks and more towards a focus on people. Nothing new here. What's maybe new is how a few factors contribute to this change and how this change is accelerating. So I've identified three major changes or three major trends, excuse me, that can actually play a role in this. I'm going to go through each one of them in this episode. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Now, the first one has to do with automation and artificial intelligence. We've known for a while that automation and automation via artificial intelligence especially is on the rise. We know it's coming and it's substituting more and more of the tasks that managers do. But maybe we haven't looked at the numbers. I know I had not. And it turns out that, first of all, managers say the adoption is happening 20 to 25% faster than they had anticipated. So it's a trend that's accelerating also because of COVID and because of the conditions we're in. And secondly, it's already eating up quite a sizable amount of a manager's tasks in some functions. Say, for example, when it comes to product feature, uh, product feature optimization or uh, service operations optimization, we're talking about 20 and 24% of tasks already being performed via AI. And when it comes to human resources, which is maybe something closer to you, um, we're talking about 10% of functions of optimization of talent management already being taken by artificial intelligence. Now, bear that with the fact that artificial intelligence is responsible for a direct increase in earnings and a decrease in costs, and pair that with the fact that the number of people per manager is increasing, and you see a clear acceleration away from tasks from uh, in terms of the leadership role towards people. And that's happening a lot faster than we had thought. Because if managers have a lot more people to deal with and a lot less management and repetitive routine tasks to perform, then their added value, their difference will be on how they manage to coach people, how they manage to enable them, how they organize their work, how their people skills are developing. 
So adopting this type of skills is becoming more of a priority now than it was before. And all of this data comes from different research uh, from McKinsey. You can take a look at the written version of this on my blog if you want. Um, but that's the first core trend that we can look at. Artificial intelligence is pushing this leadership shift much more than we had anticipated. Paired with that, um, we're looking at learning in organizations becoming a lot more strategic. Of course, if leaders need to become more coaches and more people focused, it's obvious they need to develop specific skills and learn. But what we've seen, and this is a lot of research coming from LinkedIn, is the fact that um, what, they, what people have identified as priority skills, and I'm talking about learning and development managers and leaders, are leadership and management skills, creative problem solving and design thinking, and communication skills. Whereas the lowest priority skills were mobile computing and development, engineering and coding, and cloud computing. And we're talking about, say, highest priority skills. Those are priority for about 50% of respondents. Lowest priority, they're priority for about 10% of respondents. So if you look at this major difference, you see how much focus and how much attention is being devoted to these kind of softer skills. So what I'm getting at is that it's not only McKinsey's research that says it, it's also LinkedIn research on um, this kind of environment that underlies how it's happening. And here's also something interesting, though, because you have leaders on one hand agreeing with this change. Apparently, they spend 30% more time learning soft skills than the average learner, which is amazing. You also see learning and development professionals agreeing with this, but there is a block apparently at sea level. Because um, the interesting statistic here also is the fact that 83% of learning and development professionals say that their executives support employee learning, but only 27% of them say that their CEOs are active champions of learning. So, which means that, summing everything up, learning will become much more of a priority for organization because if also automation and artificial intelligence are pushing leaders into a new role much faster, well, people feel that this reskilling and upskilling and change of role needs to be done faster than they expected. And leaders know this, HR managers know this, and L&D professionals know this. And they want to invest their time, they want to invest their effort in those areas. But the main challenge for all of this is to have C-level on board and help them or help have them get on board and make learning a priority again. My personal understanding of how this could be done best is, um, first of all, have leaders and L&D managers team up explicitly. And um, L&D will need to support leaders in learning and leaders will need to lead by examples and show the effects of learnings in practice. And one key aspect that I've been underlying for a while when it comes to looking at the C-level aspect of things is offering numbers offering something relevant. And this can be done via research of effects that have been studied outside of a company's environment, but also by quantifying the effects of learning. One of my favorite uh, statistics to show is the difference between high trust companies and low trust companies. It's a study by Paul J. Zak, and 
for example, just the presence of trust in leadership leads to 50% more productivity, which means if two people could work on two projects now with trust, two people can work on three projects, which is quite tangible if you want. Now, all of this then leads us to a third effect. And this has to do also with research that I have done. Now, as you can see on my website, I have a, um, a test or a self-assessment of emotional intelligence skills for leaders. I collect data. I see the data, of course, absolutely anonymously. Um, but I do see how results have changed in 2020. Basically, um, I saw that throughout the year, leaders agreed with three statements the most. First one, I cannot be productive, focus and keep a clear mind when I'm upset, sad or frustrated. Second, I am easily brought down by another person's negative attitude. Third, I start thinking of an answer before the other person is done talking. And all of these three, where leaders consider themselves weaker on average, have to do with the area of emotional self-regulation meaning controlling and influencing your own emotional state and not being um, influenced too much by external conditions, basically being in control. However, leaders also state that the area of emotional intelligence they're strongest with, with their team, is emotional interaction, which means positively influencing other people's emotional state, motivating, um, building trust, and so on. Now, here is the thing. Those two areas are extremely connected. If in order to be proficient in emotional interaction, you need to be proficient in self-regulation. And if you feel a lot less secure in how you regulate your own emotions, this means that the outcome of your emotional interaction will be lower. Looking at it all together, it means that leaders do care about others and want to enable their development and interact emotionally with them because they understand the priority of building a healthy environment for their team, which is great because it's something that's come out last year and it became evident how much of an, how important this is. However, I'm guessing here also because of all the uncertainty and the stress and the frequency and disruption of changes that happened last year, um, they may not be able to build such a strong psychologically safe environment and enabling environment because they are personally affected by all these changes. And I'm not blaming here, of course, I'm just trying to explain. Um, but if emotional self-regulation is taking a hit because of these situations, um, well, this will have an influence also on how able they are to build their uh, team and enabling environment. And the thing is that they may not be aware of that connection and they may not be aware on their need to focus on their emotional self-awareness and regulation. So for me, this means um, shifting the focus or bringing focus on the topic and in order to also put it in context of leadership's new role, focusing on people, focusing on coaching, emotional regulation becomes something extremely relevant. So for me, the way to circumvent this 
and build the leadership skills we need in 2021 is to focus on uh, developing creative leadership skills, for example, which are connected to resilience and uh, managing stress levels, managing uncertainty, rapid decision making, and giving leaders the instruments the tools and the processes they need to deal with uncertainty and creativity is extremely related to these topics and secondly of course keep on focusing on emotional intelligence but the key aspect should be focusing on emotional self-regulation because once the link becomes clearer and people understand or are shown how emotional self-regulation can influence their ability to build an enabling environment, well, the attention, um, they will start developing the skill more and see the effects of this on their team much quicker. And if it is true that in 2021, we will be coming out of COVID at some point, I'm guessing personally, uh, July to September, to be very honest with you, but we will be getting out of it again, hopefully. Well, this also means that the sooner leaders are able to start rebuilding on these skills and building this environment and being adapting to being able to adapt to change a lot faster, well, the more the stronger their contribution to a company's advantage will be and the stronger their contribution to company performance. These were the three trends that I have analyzed and assessed during my research. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I have left you a link to the study that's on my website on the comments of this podcast episode. And I hope you're doing well and I hope that you're staying safe. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. My name is Eduardo Bindazane from EBZ Coaching. I'm a leadership and communication trainer and consultant. And if you have any questions about what you've heard in this episode, please reach out to me via LinkedIn, Facebook, or my website. I'll be answering the most interesting questions on the show. And if you know someone that will benefit from this type of content, please make sure you recommend this podcast to them. Thank you and see you next time.